Jared Kelnick's making a lot of noise in Mariners camp. We'll be talking about him and a lot more in today's Mailbag Monday. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, March 6th, 2023. This is Tidy Gonzalez and Colby Padnoat for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. It is Mailbag Monday, the show where we answer your Mariners questions and stick around until the middle of the show to find out how you and a friend or family member could see this Mariners ball club up close and personal next month or even in May. We'll be telling you more about that, about our next great Locked On Mariners giveaway in the middle of the show after we come out of our first segment. But first, Colby, let's get into these questions. Shohei to Seattle. Yes, we are already starting that campaign. As it seems pretty clear to many that Flexen is just a better starter than Marco. Wouldn't the Mariners be better off with Flexen at number five in the rotation? Forget about contracts. Don't we want the best team out there? Colby, what do you think? I think... Um... Let's see for a third time. I, I think that. Yeah, r- real quick, guys. We've we've recorded this episode like we recorded this episode in full, and then the audio was destroyed despite it sounding fine on either one of our ends when we were listening. There was no way for us to know that that was going to happen. And then we got about eight minutes into another recording, and then it just decided to stop recording. So that's that's fun. So yeah, we've we've answered this question three times now. Anyway, Colby, <laughs> yes. can continue. Um. So, yeah, obviously you do want the best team out there, but it's not having, you know, maxing out your rotation isn't the way to have the best team, uh, especially since the difference between Marco and Flexen right now is is pretty negligible. I mean, I know people love to talk about Chris Flexen like he's a number three, number four starter. Um, and he has been, you know, slightly better than Marco the last few years, but it's not a huge difference. And when you look at it, both of these guys are going to be on the opening day roster unless one of them is traded. And we all know which one would be traded if, the, if either of them get traded. Um, so they're both going to be on the opening day roster. That means one of them is going to be in the bullpen. Jerry's already ruled out a six-man rotation. That's probably the right call. Um, but if they're both going to be in on the 26-man roster, then it's and they're both very similar, you feel very similar about them as starting pitchers, then the tiebreaker becomes which one is better out of the bullpen. And Jerry told us himself that we feel like Chris Flex and stuff plays better out of the bullpen. Uh, he was very candid with us. He all but named Marco the number five starter when we talked to him last month. Um, and a big part of that is, A, you know, Chris's stuff we feel plays better in the bullpen than Marco's would. And, B, Marco gives you, for the most part, if he get, takes the ball 30 times, then 21, 22, 23 of those, he's going to give you a quality outing. He's going to eat innings for you. He's going to keep you in the ball game. And, yeah, he's going to have a couple blow-up starts. He's just not going to have his command one day, and, and everything's going to be in the middle of the plate, and you're going to lose that game. Chris Flexen does the same thing when he's out there as a starter. Have a couple really good starts, a lot of quality starts, and then a couple really bad starts. So if it's all the same to in the Mariners' eye and it's just a tie, then you the tiebreaker has to be who plays up in the bullpen because we're going to use a bullpen spot on one of these two guys. We don't want that spot to be a nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Are we willing to DFA Marco Gonzalez and just swallow $18 million? No, and we probably shouldn't be. Are we willing to just DFA Chris Flexen 
and you know swallow eight million dollars? No, we probably shouldn't be. So they're both going to make the roster, and if they're both going to make the roster, which one makes more sense out of the bullpen? It's Chris Flexen because the difference between them as starters in the eyes of the Mariners negligible. We know that. We've heard that. It's been we've been shown that the Mariners don't see a big difference between Flexen and Marco. And if that's the case, then they should put Chris Flexen in the bullpen because his stuff will play up better there. Um, and that's not even taking into account the fact that Marco's the longest tenured Mariner um, and he has earned the right to, to kind of give one last shot at, at getting, you know, uh, setting the, the course correct. So we'll see what happens. But one thing I'm very confident in is that Marco Gonzalez is going to be the number five starter um, when this team breaks camp. And look, you know, if, if talk, if we're talking about, you know, Flexen potentially being traded here as well, what's more valuable to you Flexen in the number five spot. And, and basically, cause again, look, if, if Marco has to be relegated to the bullpen, you might as well just outright cut Marco because there are several relievers within this organization that are going to provide more value to you out of the bullpen than Marco Gonzalez. So if he's not your number five, there's no point of having Marco Gonzalez on your team. That's just what it is. So what's more valuable? Eating that money of Marco and having Flexen, you know, be your number five, or trading Flexen for whatever you can get for him. And then, you know, going along with another rumor that's floating out there that the Mariners are scouring the market for starting pitching, adding someone that is, you know, pretty much equal in, in ability to Flexen who probably provides more club control and or minor league options, which is going to be valuable to you from a roster construction standpoint. To me, the answer is pretty clear. And so, yeah, again, it, Flexen, like, it's it's not even a question, really. If, if both of these guys make the team, Flexen has to be the guy that comes out of the bullpen because this stuff just plays up more. Marco, I mean, Jerry DePoto even said it himself on this show when we had him on here that Marco's stuff isn't going to tick up out of the bullpen that they don't really see any valuable value in doing that. So even the guy that's running the show here has told you outright, we don't see any value in doing that. So that's your answer right there. And so, yeah, you know, for, for me, the, the most preferable route here is trading Flexen if you can actually get something that helps you. But that's a bit a major question mark as well. And we're probably going to talk about that a little later on because we have another question that kind of goes along with that. But if you can actually get a major league, you know, bench piece to help you with the the loss of Tommy Lastella and you know maybe Dylan Moore's injury, even though that he's supposed to return in mid March, then yeah, you do that, and then maybe you go out and get another starter, you know, uh, or maybe you just roll with with Marco because Marco, at the very least, I think is a good bridge to whatever's next, whether that's Bryce Miller or a trade or or whatever happens here. I think that Marco at least serves as a, a quality enough bridge for the first couple of months of the season to get you to where you need to go in the end. All right. Next question here comes from TJ. What's the best outfield in baseball right now? And how good does Jerry Kelnick have to be for the Mariners to be in that conversation? So Colby, I've, you know, I looked around the league uh, in preparation for answering this question. And I've, I've also said this three times now <laughs> as we've tried to acquire this. So, so, you know, but I'm saying this for, for everyone that, that hasn't heard those other recordings, which is everyone uh, that, uh, you know, I, I looked around the league to, to kind of, you know, see, just refresh my, my memory here on, you know, what the outfield situations around major league baseball are and, you know, who's, you know, what, what the projected outfields look like and all that. And the, the thing that I saw really is that 
there are a lot of outfields out there, a lot of really good outfields out there that are in a pretty similar position to the Mariners, that they have, you know, one or two MVP or at least all-star caliber outfielders, and then a giant question mark in their third outfield spot, like a Jared Kelnick. And really, you know, again, th- this question can be answered in, in a multitude of ways. You know, one, if you just want to throw defense completely out of the window, then the Astros are probably the clear answer there, you know, with Jordan Alvarez playing in, in left field uh, and Kyle Tucker and Chaz McCormick um, or the Padres with, you know, Juan Soto and, and Fernando Tatis Jr. and maybe a bounce back from Trent Grisham. But to me, in terms of just like a complete outfield, probably the Mets, Mark Canna, Brandon Nemo, Starling Marte, but even that has some question marks there. And to answer, you know, your question here about Kelnick, how, how good does Kelnick have to be? You know, I think the Mariners are pretty close to having the, you know, the, the best outfield in baseball already because of the things that I just listed. They have a, you know, a perennial MVP candidate and, and Julio Rodriguez. So we think, and, and Teoscar Hernandez, who, if he performs at his hundredth percentile, he's also in the MVP conversation. So Kelnick to me, I think needs to be an all-star or, or at least close, pretty damn close to being an all-star for, for them to have that best outfield in baseball. But if that actually swings in their direction, I, I think they have a pretty uh, pretty good shot at it. What do you think? Yeah, um, I think there are a couple of interesting ones that probably fall short of best in baseball. But um, you know, it's the Angels with Mike Trout and and uh, Taylor Ward certainly have kind yeah. of have those two guys, and then they're kind of in the same spot as as the Mariners, really, right? You, Taylor Ward is kind of the Tay Oscar. Tao's got a little bit of a longer track record, and then. Trout is is Julio and and then it's Joe Adele in left field like there there's Kelnick so um, I think if we're really gonna you know give a lot of value to defense then uh, I think the Blue Jays are certainly up there with with Springer and Kiermaier and Varsho um, but you know there's some real questions about Varsho and Kiermaier you know their bat um, particularly Varsho I think we know by now that Kiermaier really can't hit you know at, at yeah. A good enough level um to to be in this conversation but varsho even last year he was just barely above league average so um there's some offensive questions there um the yankees obviously aaron judge it automatically puts you in this conversation um so yeah th- there's a few uh that are out there that are interesting but i couldn't find an outfield that has just three like no question like you know exactly what you're going to get both mm-hmm. offensively and defensively. The White Sox, you know, Roberts is a really good center fielder and, and Ben Attendee's a gold glover out in left field. But Eloy Jimenez can hit, cannot play the field. Mm-hmm. Gavin Sheets, God no, cannot mm-hmm. play the field. So there's a huge black hole defensively. Um, like Gavin Sheets makes Teoscar Hernandez look like Kevin Kiermeyer. So, yeah. you know, Cardinals, like, that yep. might be the best mm-hmm. defensive outfield in all of baseball, but, but also Tyler O'Neill's coming exactly. off of a really down year. Mm-hmm. Dylan Carlson hasn't really hit his potential. Yep. Lars Newbar is fun, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I, I think if O'Neill kind of bounces back to what he was in 2021, was it? Yeah. 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and Carlson takes a step forward. Then I think there's or I think the, uh, I think St. Louis probably has the best outfield overall in baseball, mm-hmm. but, those are question marks, so we'll have to yeah. wait and see. Yeah, like a like another one like that could be good at least from an you know an offensive uh, standpoint, definitely not a defensive standpoint. But 
you know, if Mitch Haniger and Ma- Michael Conforto stay healthy and actually perform at their, you know, close to, to what their 100th percentile is, then sure, along mm-hmm. with, you know, Mikey Stremski and, and Austin Slater. But still, that that's a lot of pretty, that's a lot of question marks. That's, yeah, pretty big hole in center field, too. And Slater's already yeah. hurt. So, yeah, yeah, it, it's there are a lot of really good outfields out there and a lot of outfields that have two like really safe pieces. Mm-hmm. Then the third guy is the question mark. Right. All right, we got a few more questions to go over here in just a moment, but real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year, and if you're like me where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then, man, I've got just the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you, which is perfect for your New Year's resolution. And what makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors. I could not say that word. That is the second time that I've read this ad and I've messed up that same word. But they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I'm just not going to attempt it anymore. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get yourself a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right head to your nearest walmart today walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars you can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream double chocolate or coconut puffs and if you're close to sam's club run in and grab yourself a 13 bar box with their hit flavors brownie batter and churro you can thank me later and you're listening to the lockdown mariners podcast thank you again for making us your first listen before we get into these questions have an announcement to make we are doing a giveaway yes another giveaway and this time i'm providing the prize for our lucky winner i'm giving away two main level value game tickets you can choose any value game for the mariners at t-mobile park within the months of april or may if you win you just let me know which game you want to go to and i'll buy you the tickets two main level tickets for you and a friend or family member or whoever you want to take to the game with you to go see the Mariners play, say, the Angels, or the Brewers, or the Rangers, or the Athletics. Just let me know which game you want to go to. Think about that now. Actually, you know what? Let me know in the comments down below, because the way that you're going to win this, if you are going to win, is by doing exactly what we asked you to do for the Walter Ford card giveaway. You got to subscribe to our YouTube channel and leave a comment on this video, or any or all of our videos that are coming out this week and if you leave a comment on each one of our videos that's going to improve your chances because we're going to pick one random video to put uh, to pick a comment from and then we're going to pick a random comment using a generator from that video and then we will announce it next week Uh, i don't know if it'll be monday tuesday we'll we'll let you know about that closer to the date when we're going to announce that but uh, we will announce that sometime next week so be sure to leave a comment down below if you're already subscribed or subscribe and then uh you know, get your friends to subscribe and, and all that stuff to improve your chances as well. All right, let's get back into these questions here on Mailbag Monday. Cody wants to know, <laughs> Colby, does Mason McCoy have a legit shot to make the opening day roster? No. Next question. Next question. <laughs> but Colby, he's 7 for 13 this spring with an opponent quality of 8.3. No. Next question. He's 28 years old. He's never really hit above triple A. He's, He's never gotten not that bad 28 yet. He'll be 28 the day after opening day. 
which makes this his age 28 season. <laughs> He's had one good year in AAA. It wasn't even an amazing year. It was just good, solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he is hitting the ball hard this winter. That's great. You you need depth. Right, you need depth in in AAA, and that's what Mason McCoy is. If he's on your opening day roster, something has gone terribly, terribly, terribly wrong. No, 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 no. Legit, yeah. Forget legit shot. He has no shot. None. <laughs> Zero. Zip. It, zilch. Yeah. In order Nada. for him to, in order for him to make it, Sam Haggerty has to be unable to make the opening day roster. Dylan Moore has to be unable to break camp with the team. Hell, even J.P. Crawford has to be unable to make the team at the, at that point. And even then. I'm probably they, trading for someone. So they just go sign Jose Iglesias or whoever. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, none. Maybe he gets, yeah. maybe he gets an at bat at some point this year, but sure. no, he gets I, the if, Brian O'Keefe treatment at the end of the year or something. If, yeah. If Mason McCoy gets serious playtime with the Mariners and by serious, I mean anything over like 10 plate appearances, something's gone horribly wrong or Mason McCoy has made me look like a complete moron. And I think we know what's more likely because <laughs> This the is not just thing. a hat rack, my friend. So the, the moron thing. No. The moron thing. No. no. All right. Let, let's talk about Jared Kelnick here. Jordan uh, says, Jared looked great against the uh, Brewers today, and it seems like each game he's looking really good. I know it's spring training, but at what point do you allow yourself to start getting even the slightest bit excited that he's figured it out? So Colby, he Never. obviously, yeah. Kelnick obviously had the, the really impressive home run against Devin Williams, got a cookie right up the middle and drove it to outer space um over the batter's eye in peoria very impressive home run um and doing exactly what he needed to do you know with a pitch like that against one of the you know better relievers in in all of baseball um yeah i'm not gonna get excited by anything that jared does this spring i need to see it in actual game action in regular season games when he's actually going up against pitchers who are actually game planning for him and game planning for his weaknesses not game planning for themselves and working on things to get back in baseball shape and work on pitches and yada 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 again i say it time and time again context is incredibly important when it comes to spring training especially with pitcher performances and so with that while it's very impressive that he he hit the home run the way that he did off of someone like williams there's uh, again that that at bat may go a little bit differently if Williams is actually game planning for for Kelnick uh in that situation so uh I'll say this I'm intrigued by what Kelnick is doing this spring I'm intrigued by his his process you know going back to that home run working a 2-0 count against Williams and then doing what he did with a cookie because let's face it like he he doesn't necessarily get props for you know homering off of a cookie but this is the kind of gift that he has missed a lot on in the past where he's either just swinging right through it or, or fouling it off or whatever. He, there have been multiple occasions of Jerry Kellner getting the pitch, getting his pitch, getting an absolute gift and doing nothing with it. So for that, that's great. That's awesome to see. And the process in terms of just his plate approach has been a little bit different. I've noticed some differences in that and so far so good. But again, until I actually see him face pitchers and teams that are actually game planning for him, looking to take advantages of uh, take advantage of any weaknesses that they see in his game. It's nothing to me. It, it means really nothing to me at the end of the day. Yeah, it's it's there is no value whatsoever in spring training numbers. Um, it's about process. It's about approach. It's about health. Um, and you know, to his credit, uh, Kelnick's process looks pretty good right now. 
Um, so that's, is something to be excited about. The, the overall numbers are, are not, I don't care. Kelnick was really good last, last spring and that didn't translate. So, um, it just doesn't matter, uh, what the numbers look like. It's about process and it's even hard to really gauge the process right now because like Ty said, they're not game planning for Kelnick. They're not looking for weaknesses. They're focused on what they're trying to do and what they're trying to execute. Um, so it's tough. It's it's kind of a tough spot right now with Kelnick to uh, you know drastically change what I view Jared Kelnick as right now would be foolish. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, if you guys want to get excited about Jared Kelnick, I mean, go for it. I, I I'm not going to stop you, but uh, for us yeah. or for me in particular, where I'm trying to maintain some kind of um, you know some kind of I don't know professional. I I don't know what you call objectivity. It, like, yeah, I, I guess, yeah. um, you know, for you guys, uh, so that I can, can give you my honest opinion, I'm not changing my mind on Kelnick being anything, you know, yeah. more than what I've seen in, in the 600 plate appearances he's had at the big league I, level. I, so. I told, you know, I totally get it. I totally understand anyone getting excited about this because he's been one of the, you know, inarguably one of the best hitters in spring training this far across both the cactus and grapefruit leagues. Um, I think he's leading all spring training teams or, you know, all spring training players in home runs right now. Um, And that's, that's great and all, but again, you know, the other thing too is like home run power and all that stuff has never been a a question mark for Jared. We know that he can hit bombs. You know, we can, he can absolutely hit nukes. That's not a surprise to me. It's just, you know, having a solid approach at the plate, being able to work counts and being able to take advantage of, of those pitches, like the one that he got from Devin Williams. That's yeah. going to be important and especially important in the regular season once he's actually going up against guys that, you know, flat out just want to kill him, you know, on the field, you know. So. Right. I, I, I say this about Kelnick. I'm comfortable being one of the last guys in the Mariners analysis community to decide that Jared Kelnick has arrived as like mm-hmm. a, a full-fledged big leaguer. So I'm not racing to be first, to be like, yep, this is why this is going to work. Right. Right. I, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm going to wait and I'm going to see it. And, and for me, mm. process is great and, and it, it's what it's all about, but process has to eventually lead to results. And we'll see what kind of process Kelnick has when he, you know, he goes through an 0 for 17 with, with eight strikeouts. That's going to happen at some point, even if Kelnick is good mm. this year, that's going to happen at some point. How does he handle that? How does he bounce back? Does he throw everything overboard? Does he make small changes? Does he just kind of go with the flow? I, I don't know. There's a lot of things that go into being a successful big leaguer that we're never going to see in the 50 plate appearances he's going to get down in spring training. Yeah, that's the thing that I'm really interested to see this year is that if he does, you know, if, if he rides this momentum into the regular season and starts out hot, how does he respond once he does get into a slump? Because that's going to happen. I mean, Julio's going to enter a slump at some point this season. That's just yeah. no no player is exempt from that, really. Mm-hmm. So how does Jared respond once adversity comes back around for him? Right, because he hasn't responded great in the past. So from the mental side of things, too, like it's not just what he's doing mechanically that I'm very intrigued by. It's also the, the mental side because is he going to be able to endure? That's really the big question for me. And so is, is he going to you know let that snowball again into you know maybe he has a good first month, but then the rest of the year looks bad? You know, or is he going to be able to get back on the horse after a couple of weeks of struggling? That's going to be really, really key for him. So, yeah. But until we see that in the regular season, it's just, I, I, you know, 
I would love to be impatient and, you know, just overreact here and, and get excited about it. And I'm, I, you know, I'm fine with doing that a little bit here. But for me personally, I just, I can't allow myself to, to jump that far into the water here um, until I actually see it, you know, in full context of the, of the regular season. All right, we got a few more questions here to answer in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedonmlb. That's linkedin.com slash lockedonmlb to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen here on Mailbag Monday. We got one, two, three, four questions left here on Mailbag Monday. Let's get into them. Starting with Cal Sal, who asks, uh, what do they do with Harry Ford? If he looks ready for the show in the next year or two, unless Cal seems to be uh, to take a step back, where does he fit? Trade piece possibly. So that's the the beautiful thing about uh, Harry Ford here, Cal. He's so athletic that he can really play anywhere. It doesn't matter what Cal Raleigh is doing, really. If you think that Harry Ford is ready to go, he could play second. He could play third. He could play center field. He could play in a corner outfield spot. He could DH. He can really do it all. He is truly a super utility at least that's what his ceiling is right now and so cal raleigh whatever he does to me is irrelevant within the conversation of of harry ford i mean it's relevant to maybe the you know the possibility of him catching in the future but uh overall in terms of just the the timeline of harry ford and how he fits into the roster and all this it that doesn't really matter to me what cal raleigh is doing yeah What's never going to be the case is that the Mariners are going to either trade Harry Ford or Cal Raleigh because they feel like they have to make room for the other one. Not going to happen. Both of these guys can coexist on this roster. And by the way, if Harry Ford does get to the big leagues in the next year or two, it's not going to be as a catcher. They will have moved him off at that point, and he's probably playing third, yeah. uh, which makes a lot of sense considering that you know A. Eugenio Suarez, his contract ends after next season. Um, and the Mariners right now do not have a third baseman ready to go in that time period. Uh, you know, you never know. They could acquire somebody. Somebody could pop. Uh, maybe they draft somebody this year. But right now they do not have that that answer for Gino after he uh, his contract ends. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, if if Cal continues to hit like he has and he continues to show he's this type of player, you just move Harry Ford to third or you move him to left field or, um, you know, Maybe he can play second or center uh, if he keeps his athleticism. But, um, yeah, the Mariners for now, they're going to keep Ford at catcher, but that doesn't mean that's a long-term plan. And if the back continues to progress to the point in your hypothetical where he's up in the big leagues by the end of 2024 uh, or 2025, um, it's probably going to be because they moved him off of that position so that they can get him to the big right. leagues faster. 
All right, next question here comes from C. What do you think the chances are the Mariners keep Flexen and trade Marco as opposed to trading Flexen and keeping Marco? If they do trade Flexen, what do you think would be a good trade? So, uh, again, this goes back to the whole discussion about, you know, who's more valuable out of the bullpen, and that's just straight up Chris Flexen. Again, Jerry DePoto told you that himself on this show a few weeks back. So the likelihood, zero, really, for, for trading Marco over uh, trading Flexen because you know there's money involved here he's owed roughly six million dollars this year and then 12 million dollars next year that's guaranteed he does have a club option after next season uh, so that's not guaranteed I think there's a buyout if I'm not mistaken I would assume probably in the one million dollar range so whoever's acquiring him is potentially on the hook for about 19 million dollars obviously the Mariners would likely have to chip in some money on that front to make that happen but they're probably not going to get anything that's necessarily worth doing that for so i mean again you you would rather do that than just outright cut marco i mean if if there's just you know if the answer is that Marco's just not going to be in your rotation then you know i would rather trade him than just cut him and just eat that money for absolutely nothing i'd rather get at least something for him and of course you know there was a reported three-team deal uh that was apparently being hammered out between the phillies and the yankees and the mariners that would have sent Joey Gallo to to Seattle and then Marco to Philly and obviously that fell through who knows why maybe that was performance based maybe that was money based maybe both whatever uh but then again I just I don't I don't have any delusions of the Mariners getting anything useful for Marco Gonzalez so I think it's just better for them to roll with him as their number five for now again I think he's a pretty yeah. good bridge to whatever you know is next in the rotation by the way, Bryce Miller went three innings today, struck out four, gave up two hits. So, and that's probably uh, what. And speaking of whatever's next in the rotation, that's probably it. It's probably it. Yeah. Uh, sat 97 98 today. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree. If Flexen gets traded again, I continue to be on the side that you're not going to get what people think. There are some people who just make a generic, like, go trade him for a top 10 prospect. You're not getting anybody's top 10 prospect for, for Chris Flexen. There are guys who do what he does in every organization and they make less than $8 million like Flexen does. So to me, you're either swapping him for somebody else who's, you know, maybe the offensive equivalent of Chris Flexen where it's, Hey, we have, you know, seven outfielders and this guy's making $9 million and we want to go with a younger guy. Let's trade him for Chris Flexen. Like, I think that's kind of what you're looking at or possibly a, a platoon bat. Maybe if you're lucky, I don't think you're going to get a ton for Chris Flexen. I, I, at least, you know, mm at the time the trade is made. I don't think you're going to get a ton for him. Um, but again, the Mariners, sometimes they make these trades where they trade, you know, veterans for, for minor leaguers who we've never heard of, or they trade minor leaguers or fringe major leaguers for, you know, a ball arms. And sometimes they turn out to be Jake Shiner and you don't really get a lot for them. Sometimes they end up being Perlander Baroa and we're all excited mm. about that trade. So yeah. it just, because we don't know who the guy is when they, if they make a trade, doesn't mean it's not a good trade. Doesn't mean it doesn't make sense. Doesn't mean the process is unsound. It's yeah. just one of those things you have to wait and see, you know, mm-hmm. like trading Taylor Williams for Matt Brash. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I just don't think it's going to be a huge name that people are going to be really pumped for. And I think it's, I think if Flexen is traded before opening day, I think a lot of Mariner fans are going to say that's a terrible trade uh, when they mm-hmm. make it, but we'll see. Yeah. And I think, you know, at its best, what you could get for uh, Flexen is, 
something that helps you off of your bench right now. Again, that helps kind of uh, fill out that uh, that hole that maybe Tommy Listella has left open here. But that's about it. And even if you get someone like that, it's probably someone that hasn't really found success at the major league level. Just a shot yeah. that you're really taking another Cooper Hummel type, something like that, maybe. Yeah. All right. Next question here comes from Zane. A few months back, you guys talked about uniform changes. Is it just no more road gray tops? Or is there something more? Uh, will they bring back the black tops with the silver piping anytime soon? Those were fire. So, uh, yeah, that's it along with uh, a potential City Connect jersey, which we keep on seeing leaks about. We've seen socks, uh, stance socks, and then a T-shirt that's, uh, that's leaked uh, recently for uh, a potential Mariners City Connect uh, uniform. Uh, but that's about it. So Major League Baseball implemented a, a rule um, that uh, teams can only have four primary uniforms that they can wear like in their regular rotation. There's obviously exceptions for special, you know, nights or series or whatever. Like, you know, the Mariners are going to wear the, their Steelheads jerseys. Um, and then, you know, obviously they'll have the City Connects if they if they get those. But that's that's it. Uh, but they're, they chose to axe their road grays in favor of the navies uh, they're going to be wearing the navies as their primary road uniforms maybe we'll see the northwest grays on the on the uh or northwest greens rather on the road more than we typically do um but yeah that's about it so it's the home whites home creams uh, for sunday and then the navy and the northwest green those are their four um and then yeah you know we that wasn't what we expected that wasn't what we were talking about when we said that we had heard that there were going to be uniform changes we i was told at the wild card game that there was going to be a complete rebrand. Um, but I've also, you know, Colby and I have heard things like that for the last couple of years. And so, you know, maybe that's bad information simply, or things have gotten delayed. I'm kind of leaning towards the latter because it's not just what we've heard. There has been talk about this all over really about the Mariners and, you know, going to rebrand within the last couple of years. And I expected it before 2021 frankly i expected it before this past season and i expected it before this season as well and it hasn't happened but when you you know see people like kevin martinez teasing it you know asking like what what would you guys like to see and all this stuff you know a few months ago it just seems like it's happening but i feel like they ultimately missed their window here for a rebrand because the changing of the guard for the mariners has already happened julio's here the drought has already been ended we're already in the new era of Mariners baseball with these same uniforms. And it just felt like it would, that it was just the perfect time knowing how everything was going to happen, especially once we got out of 2021 and you could start to see it happening, that this would have been the perfect time to execute that. And it just, it didn't happen. So I don't know if they're ever going to rebrand. I'm not going to talk about it anymore because again, I've been told these things for the last couple of years and I've said, yeah, I expect a rebrand and then it just didn't happen. So I don't know anymore. No clue. All right. Last question here for the day. It comes from Faithful Mutiny. Uh, how often do you think we will see Cal Raleigh DH when Tom Murphy starts? Will the Mariners want to take his bat out of the lineup to provide more true off days? Colby, what do you think? Uh, I think the goal should be to get Cal or get uh, Raleigh off his feet a little bit more. He caught a lot last year, particularly towards the end of the year. Um, and we know now that he did that with you know, half a thumb more or less. So uh, I do think that there is value to getting him true off days. And and obviously you feel better about doing that this year, assuming Tom Murphy's healthy than you did last year when it was, you know, Luis Torrens who never really found his footing at the plate 
and Brian O'Keefe, you know, as primary backup. So uh, you feel better about it. So I, I do think there's value to just limiting him, getting him off the field on days, you know, minus maybe a, a pinch hitting appearance or something like that. But uh, I don't think we're going to see it as often as people are hoping for. I think a lot of people are like, you know, Murphy's just, just make Murphy the DH. And, and I don't think we're going to see that. Scott's never really liked to do it when he's carried two catchers before. Um, he's done it when he's carried three, but not when he's carried two. So my guess is we'll probably see Cal get 90 to 100 starts behind the plate um, and then maybe 10 to 15 DH days, whereas I think we're probably going to see, you know, 50, 60 starts from from Tom Murphy. Um, mm. And then maybe Murphy gets 15 to 20 DH days, and that's kind of mm. how they get their at-bat. So I do think we'll see them in the lineup together a few times. Mm but I don't think it's going to be to the extent that a lot of Mariner fans are hoping because it just, it doesn't make a lot of sense because Murphy's also coming off of a serious injury. Right. And as unrelated as as this may seem at face value, I think, Jared Kelnick kind of plays a role in this as well. If he's a viable option, particularly against lefties, because if not, AJ Pollock is probably playing left field. Mm -hmm. And then that opens the DH for, you know, maybe it's Sam Haggerty plays in the outfield and Teo is the, is the DH, but there's also, I mean, Again, you know, and it, it, Tom Murphy might be the 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 next best option after Pollock or Cal, you know, whoever is not catching that day to uh, to DH. You know, maybe Dylan Moore, but there's also the possibility that Moore is going to platoon with Colton Wong, so he might already be playing second in that scenario. So, yeah, so I I think that also kind of kind of plays a role here. Uh, but at the end of the day, just get a good hitter and DH don't let that be a black hole in your lineup. That's it. That's all I ask really. All right. Uh, well, if you're hearing this, the episode went through it. It's actually not all messed up. So we're going to cross our fingers here. It sounds fine on our end. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> hopefully it actually, the, the final product actually sounds good. Uh, again, a reminder, you know, we're doing a giveaway. We're giving away two main level value game tickets to any value Mariners value game within uh, the month of April or May. That's your choice if you win. Uh, all you have to do is subscribe to the show on YouTube and leave a comment on this video or any of our other videos this week, and we will pick a winner next week. Uh, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, C-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Locked On Mariners. That's one word, Locked On Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Now, for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts just like us. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day. And we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.